Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! President Jim Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always, and for today, we have a very rare episode covering an avalanche loss. Dude, I, I, I don't remember what it feels like. Like I went through so many emotions last night that I shouldn't have gone through for a reg- regular season game, but we just haven't experienced it in so long that I feel like a spoiled brat that I, I had to go through an avalanche loss. Yeah, a loss and not just a loss at home to the Arizona Coyotes. The home winning streak ends at 19 in a row as the Avalanche, or the the Coyotes, excuse me, pull off the biggest upset since 2006, according to the sports books I saw. Dude, I got that notification at like noon today, and I was like, why do you have to rub this in my face right now? Like, I, I, I just got over it, and now I just have to, I had to go through it again, like, we didn't need that. You don't need to tell us that the abs were the biggest favorite to lose in like 10, 12 years. Like, come on. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was not expecting to come on this episode talking about a loss, uh, especially playing the coyotes with the home winning streak on the line. And the game kind of played out the same way. A lot of the games have over the last couple of weeks, a very slow start and the only difference was is that we just kind of never really turned it on. They just they just seemed like they were ready to be done. That's the first time in a long time where the Avs haven't been able to flip the switch. They are mortal humans. Like we we've just gotten so used to the fact that they could just turn it on whenever they want. And for the first time that I can think of in a long time, they they weren't able to turn it on. And like that, I think that's the part that's so frustrating about losing the home streak like that. When you think about all the times that they did do just that, they turned on the switch, incredible comebacks against the Leafs and the Bruins, those great games against the wild, all the times they were, were down and had to come back, you get it to 19 in a row and you, you lose it like that. Like, yeah. And I mean, it, even when that happened, like they, they were close. Like if Devon Taves doesn't hit that post and what was it like two minutes left in the game, maybe less. Like he had that breakaway. It was a, it was a great play and he hits the post. And I think that's kind of when I finally were let was like, yeah, th- this, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah. It's just the whole game just felt wrong from the get go. Cause it was obvious that no one wanted to be there. 
it was like the fans really like you can't even blame them because of the the blizzard that came through just everything just seemed off right from the beginning yeah it definitely did i mean i, I look back when you go back to that first period which I, I will go down to my grave saying that was probably the weirdest period of hockey i've ever watched like there were so many penalties in that first period i don't know the exact count off my head but there were a shit ton of penalties a couple questionable ones um, and the apps had a five on three and they didn't score on that. And that's when I truly was like, ah, they may not get it tonight. Like when you don't score in a five on three, no matter what team you're playing against it, it's, it usually doesn't end well for you. Yeah. You don't, you don't deserve to win if you don't score on a five on three, especially against Arizona. But going back to your point on the penalties, there were six penalties called in the first period and two for the rest of the game. Yeah. Like I, so are you are you calling the rule book or not? Like, that's what I, I can't stand sometimes about officiating. You set a standard in the first period that you're calling the rules tonight because you don't know coming into a game if they're calling the rules or not. You call six penalties. It's not skewed on one side. I think it was, what, three each? Yeah, it, it was pretty even. And then you call one each for the rest of the game. But problem with that, which we'll obviously talk about when we get to the, the third period, I'm not, I'm not blaming this on the refs, and I don't want it to come across that way. I'm just frustrated by the fact that Jacob Chikrin just winds up and cross-checks Andre Burakovsky down to the ice in a scrum where Berkey wasn't expecting it, right in view of the refs and does nothing. Kadri gets hugged by Travis Boyd in overtime and like loses his stick and as a result to stop an odd man rush just hugs him like right in front of the refs. And then they call Nachushkin for tripping. Like just yeah. pick, pick a side. If you're calling the rules, call them. If you're not, don't just pick one. Is it such a hard standard to keep consistent? I'm not blaming the refs. I'm, bl- I'm just saying pick a side, please. Yeah, pick, a, pick a side. Pick a it, was, it was, it was weird because I, I'm sure the refs got in their own heads. So like, yeah, that was a lot of penalties. We can't do that the rest of the game. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it was, it was just interesting. Like that call, no call on Berkey. I thought was interesting. Um, Cause I thought cross-checking was a point of emphasis for the league this year. And it was, there was no doubt about it. It was a cross-check right in the chest. I don't think, did Berkey even do anything to provoke it? I, no, I they were just, anything. they just had a scrum in front of the net. And like, the thing like Ch- the chicken didn't even just push him like he brought his arms back and wound it up a bit yeah it made no sense like i thought they may have called like four on four like berkey just gets penalty too but they called a whole lot of nothing um on that and then that play on kadri i didn't see that in the moment i definitely was confused because it went from the coyotes got like a it was a uh did he break his stick he, he broke it or he dropped it. And in the split second after that, he goes right to Kadri and just hugged him. Yeah. I didn't see that until you had tweeted about it. Um, it was, it was funny that they didn't call it. Um, but, and then they called that one on Val. Like it, it was, Val's was a trip. I, he, he tripped him, but we've seen a lot less be called in today's NHL. Yeah. This is like, I, I I didn't mean for this to turn into the a ref conversation again, yeah. but it's just annoying. It's not the reason we lost. I don't want it to come off that way. Like it's just it's do your job. Everyone else here is doing their job. Do yours. That's all. That's all I have to say about it. But just I don't know. This this loss bothered me, and I'm trying to figure out why. Besides the home streak, because if we, if we lost to to Boston or Toronto, you don't complete one of those comebacks, and the 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 streak ends there then I don't think I even really think about this game. I think it's the fact that you are one win away from 20 home wins in a row, which is historic. And you give, I don't even want to say they gave 50 in that game. It looked more like 40% to me, honestly. They they looked really checked out for this one. Which is a little weird because you just would have thought since it was the last game before a nine-day layoff, you just say fuck it let's go all out but they right and also you have a you have a record on the line here like it's just i don't know i was expecting a little more of a push yeah but we didn't get it we didn't get it i mean i really thought that after kadri scored i was like okay the floodgates are about to open 
And then you Nasty let up a goal that, yeah, you let up a goal that Alex Galchenyov, who I didn't even know was still in the NHL. Um, you let up him get a goal. I mean, I was a, there was nothing Darcy could do. I thought Darcy played really well. Darcy showed up for the game last night. Yeah, Darcy played well. I mean, the the goal, it's not a, a pretty goal. Like, optically, you look at first glance, it looks like a bad goal from Kemper. But it I don't know how Galchenyuk just threaded that needle through, like, three different screens in front of Kemper. But, I mean, every every blind squirrel finds a nut. That's his first goal of the season in, like, 40 games. I I don't know how Gauchenyuk is still in the league. I don't know why he didn't just re-sign in Toronto when he had a pretty decent season there and decided to take a PTO with the Coyotes. But I, that, I, that's I think he just gets it because he had he had 30 goals one year with Montreal. What was that, like eight years ago now? Yeah. He was a third overall pick. Yeah. Like, that was – who they tra- they traded him to Arizona. Who'd they get in that trade to get him? Montreal? Yeah, Montreal traded Holy. to Arizona. Domi, Ooh. Max Domi. Domi, that's right. And yeah, then he went right. to he went to Pittsburgh. That's right. He played yeah. for like three teams that year. I had him on my fantasy team. Oh yeah, he <laughs> was in Pittsburgh, Minnesota too, right? Ottawa yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, Ottawa. he was all over the place. Then he's he all traded to, he got traded to Carolina or picked up by Carolina on like waivers, and then the Leafs traded for him, and then he yeah. played well, and then then he just left. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it, giving up a goal to him is just stinky poo-poo no matter what. Um, but it's 1-1. And then the Avs take a 2-1 lead late in the second period. A beautiful – I thought Berkey played really well last night. I don't know about you. Berkey's, Berkey's been playing really well lately and just hasn't gotten the puck to go in. He's picking no. up those assists, and they've been some damn pretty assists. So yeah. Far, especially that feed to Miko. That pass to Miko was beautiful. Um, Gives the abs a two-one lead going to the third. I, I thought it was going to be like every time the F scores, like, okay, floodgates are about to open. Like Wedgwood's, Wedgwood's, Wedgwood's going to start to crack a little bit. But give the Coyotes credit and Wedgwood credit in that third period. He he kept them in that game. He kept them in the game the entire time. Honestly, yeah, it's, um, the, it's the only reason Arizona's won any games this season is that their goaltending is shockingly okay. Yeah, I mean, so so good for him. I thought he played well. Um, we already talked about Devon Taves hitting the post. I mean, if he doesn't hit the post, that, that game's over. I, he was literally a quarter inch away. <laughs> quarter inch away. And then I think we both had that feeling. Once the Coyotes kept it in the zone in that final shift before they scored, I just had a feeling they were going to score. Like, yeah, they, these it's like we talked about last time we struggled against the Coyotes. These are all guys that are playing for their careers. The team sucks, and they know that, but – there's all but three players on expiring contracts for Something Arizona. Like all of these guys are playing for jobs next year. It's what it's what I'm talking about. Like with, with the push thing, you've got a 19 game home winning streak on the line. This game means nothing in the long term. It's utterly meaningless. And you still got a point out of it. So you can't even be upset. But it's just for, with the home streak for me, now it's the 19 game home winning streak that ended to Arizona. Like if we, if we lost to Tampa Bay coming out of break and you lose it at 20 games, I don't think anyone even blinks. And it's yeah. even if we lost to Boston a couple games ago or Toronto earlier in the month, I don't think I'd have anything to say about this game. It's, it's just losing that historic streak like that, that really just burns me. I think, I think that's what bothered me most about the game. Cause I, I was upset after we lost that game, like, surprisingly upset i didn't expect to be upset but when we lost in that shootout i was like fuck i can't believe that just happened i think it was more like it was like we hadn't really come to the like feeling that they were going to lose that game like even when it was in ot i was still like okay they're gonna find a way to win they've found a way to win every game this month and all this stuff and when you actually lose you go what the fuck happened like how does that happen and in overtime, I thought they'd get a big boost after killing that penalty. Um, there just wasn't uh, enough time. Wasn't enough time. I think if EJ's fresh, because it was him and Kadri who had a uh, – they had like a mini breakout two-on-one, but uh, EJ had been on the ice for like a minute and a half. Yeah, they had, so, they had like – they had more opportunities on the Coyotes' power play in overtime than the Coyotes did. Yeah. They still exactly. played well in OT. And nine times out of ten, they still win this game. 
And, and that's what makes the home winning streak more impressive is that these games happen a lot and that you're going to lose some of these games. Sometimes it feels like at least once a year, we lose a shootout to the coyotes somewhere along the way, but I don't know. Like you just have, you just had to push for a little bit longer in a little this bit longer. And I don't know it, it, I'm not taking away any long-term picture from this game. It's just the, the home winning streak alone that has me hung up on it. Cause like you got away with this so many times this month and they've acknowledged it every single time you did it to the same team three weeks ago. We were in this exact same spot three weeks ago against the exact same team in a shootout on home ice. And it, feels like we just repeated the same mistake and it goes to a shootout coin flips you lost and you you got what you deserve after a month's trade of not yeah i mean it was bound to happen like we've talked on the podcast before that like the abs are going to lose games they're not going to win every game it's just physically impossible you're not going to get up for every game but it does just stink that it's happened to the same team twice it's not even just been Arizona. It's been Seattle earlier. It's been Montreal. We took them to overtime as well. We left Chicago hanging around twice this month. And the the Buffalo game, while the score doesn't show it, was a, a lot closer than it looked. Yeah, that, that game was way closer. I mean, what was the final score? 4-1? Yeah. Yeah, that game was a lot closer than it actually seemed. And granted, they are doing this without McKinnon. I mean, we got to take that into account. But it's still... Still needs to be improved a little bit. I, I want to go back to the, the game a little bit. Do you think it's crazy? Call me crazy here. Do you put Frankie in for the shootout? Take Darcy. I was I was going to talk about this. I'm I really want to know if it's legal to pull a goalie with five seconds left in overtime and swap if you know you're going to a shootout. This was a legitimate thought process I had during the game. It's like you have a whistle. It was like 11 seconds left or something. Yeah. What would be the problem? with putting Franco's in if you are 99.9% sure you're going to a shootout. Like, are you allowed to do that? Cause I, I really want to know. Yeah. That would have been hilarious if they did that because Frankie, as we know, is just so fucking good in the shootouts. Um, unbeatable. Literally. Yeah, he's unbeatable. I mean, the one goal that beat Darcy was a beautiful move. Was it Galchenyuk who scored? Yeah, it was Galchenyuk who scored that one yeah. too. And it's not, it's not on Darcy in the shootout. No. We did not score. So it's not on him. We lost one nothing in a shootout. But Frankie in shootouts, I mean, if it's legal, I think you should consider it. Yeah, I would have. I don't know. I, I just thought that was funny. I just thought of that while we were sitting here. I was like, that's funny if they do that. Yeah, I mean, that's literally what I was saying watching the game is like, you're allowed to do that, right? Is like, would there be a problem with pull it, but just swapping your goalie? I I don't think so. Right, but, like, I don't think there's a rule against that. Yeah, I don't think they think it would be a problem. It'd be hilarious if they did do that. Like, hey, Darcy, we know you've played great this whole game, but we're gonna put Frankie in for the shootout. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess you don't want to put a cold goalie in for breakaways, but like, it's Frankie. Yeah, it'd be pretty fucking funny if they did that. But uh, yeah, and the Avs hit two posts in the shootout too, so it's right. like. It, it was just not there. Like it was every sign pointed to them not being able to win that game because you have two, you have that Devon Taves post. You have Landy who just, he hit the post square in the middle on his shootout attempt, like yeah, dead square in the middle. Like it was a perfect shot, just a little, a little bit more to the right, I guess it would have been right in the net. And then Miko hit the, if he hit the outside of the post. His was more on the outside, but still yeah. the post nonetheless. Like, that's what I mean. We still win this game nine times out of ten, you know? Yeah. And, like, people post the deserve to win O-meter, uh, like, after every game. I think we had, like, we win this game 60% of the time, according to that. Yeah. Just the thing is, every once in a while, that 30% happens. That's how that's how percentages work. Even the those 20% happen when those crazy dominant games happen. Like, that's that's just how it works sometimes. But Man, the fact that we lose that home streak to Arizona and forever it's going to be remembered as the 19-game home winning streak that ended in a shootout to the second-worst team in the NHL. I'm going to laugh. Actively trying to lose. I'm going to laugh so hard when we win, like, our next five home games and we would have broke the all-time record, but we lose to Arizona. (laughs) 
Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would make it worse or not. Like, would I be upset if we win our next five home games and lose out on the record because we just stopped against the Coyotes when we had a nine day break coming up? It would be hilarious if that's how it happened. It'd be very funny and very on brand. Like, like I would lose my shit laughing at that because that's just how it goes. I mean, it's, it's just, I'm actually, you know what? I take it back. Cause I look at the home schedule for the rest of the month. If I would, if we would have lost to Dallas and the home streak would have ended, I think I would have been very pissed. But even then you, you get it to, you get it to 21 at that point. Yeah. But then you beat Tampa and 21 just sounds a lot better than 19. I would be able to live with that. I'd be be pissed that we can't beat Dallas. That would be my problem other than the home streak. It's losing it to Arizona on the verge of 20. Yeah. 20 is just a good number. Yeah. It's, it's historic. 19 is, is 19, but it's, it's like 49 goals versus 50. 20 is a milestone. 19 is you're tied with Boston. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. It's it's going to bug. It's going to happen though. That's how it's going to happen. We're, we're going to win like the next five home games and we would have broke the all-time record if we don't lose to fucking Arizona. <laughs> yeah, like it, that's exactly how it's going to happen. And it's like nothing can take away how great this team is on home ice and just how historic that Give run that stat. was. Give that stat that you t- gave me last night. Yeah, it's that in our last 41 home games, the Avalanche are 36, 2, and 3. That's crazy, dude. That like is that- Ridiculous. That's, unbe- that's unbelievable. That doesn't happen. I, I, it's I, I go to a majority of the games. Like I've been so spoiled going to Avs games these past like this past year and a half. Like I've rarely seen the Avs lose. Yeah, and that's crazy to think about. Because I remember I, I'm very superstitious. So last year before the playoffs started, the Avs had uh, like I just got my Sam Gerrard jersey, and then they had won like. They'd won all their home games going into it. And then the first game they lost when I wore that jersey was game five against Vegas. And I have barely worn it since then, just because every time I wear it, I'm just like, this sucks, man. Like I wore that jersey for like 22 straight games. And they went like 21, 0 and 1. Like just the way, like I'm just a crazy superstitious that way. But uh, yeah, that they're really good on home ice and they're just really good. Like great analysis by us here, but they're just they're just really good. And I mean, we've talked about these kind of games for the last couple weeks against these bad teams where they're just not giving their best, which is fine in the regular season. But this is the last time it is acceptable. It's it's not acceptable because he lost, but like the competition that you have coming up after this break is ridiculous. You are opening against the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you play even 75% against them, you are going to lose that game. And then you have Dallas twice in a row, and then you finish up with Vegas on the second half of a back-to-back. You better be ready for those, because if you're bringing this attitude into those games, we're going to probably be talking one and three. Well, and here's the thing, man. Like... I think this is the sign of a good team is is we've talked about this before on the podcast. When you know you're better than 85% of the league. Right. And you can just get by with just going through the motions. You have to, for that 15% where you play the teams that are up in your tier, you got to get ready for them. Yeah. And And now we're going to see if they can do that again, because like, it's, it's what I was saying. You it's not a bad thing to know that you're playing a bad team and you're it's an 82 game season and you're saving some of your strength. That's fine. But against this level of competition, because even like you look past those games too, after that's Buffalo, then Boston, then Detroit, then Winnipeg Vegas on another back-to-back. Like this is going to be a very fierce month and there's going to be no excuses for, Oh, you're tired because you're having a nine day break right now. Then you have a two-day break before the Dallas game. Then you have a back-to-back, I'll give you that. But then another two-day break. And then you're finishing with a normal schedule until your last back-to-back. If you're tired again, like that's just a conditioning problem at that yeah. point. Because this, this is the last time you have a break 
until you were either hoisting the Stanley Cup or you're hanging your head in shame in the the post-game press conference wondering what the fuck happened. It's it's going to be hard for the rest of the season. There's a couple two-day breaks before the end of the year. January was the toughest schedule we're going to have, at least in terms of the amount of games for the rest of the season. But there's no breaks coming. If you guys are running out of gas again by the end of the month, it's going to be a long end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be a long end of the season. And I'm excited for those Vegas games. Uh, the first time we faced Vegas, they they were bad. Like I, I'm trying to remember that game. Like It was a bad game. Yeah, it was the it was a three one loss. We were bad. They were bad. We were hurt. They were hurt. They had they went up two nothing right away. Then he had the the Jack Johnson thing on Keegan Colazar. That's he had the right. McCar goal, and it was a ter- it was a terrible first period for us. Like we were just absolutely dead and lifeless. We played better after that, for at least from what I'm remembering in my very exhausted yeah. state right now. But why does that game feel like it was six months ago? Kind of was when you really think about it, because yeah. that, that was a completely different Avs team. It feels like it yeah. was another season. That was in their bad stretch to start the season. Yeah, it was one yeah. of their worst games. We we only scored one goal. I mean, Jesus, when do we do that? That's crazy for this team. But I'm I'm I think they'll get up for them. I, I just think that this team knows they're good, and it's hard to get up when you know you're just significantly better than everyone. Right, and especially when you know you have a nine day break coming up. Yeah. Hey, everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our brand new sponsors at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped's performance package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code AVSITIS for 20% off plus free shipping. Griffin, it's almost 2022. It's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. You know, and what better way to do that than with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, containing six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin and also comes equipped with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. We've all had our horror stories in the past, but Manscaped takes those possibilities away for you, so you've got nothing to worry about. And best of all, it also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 is going to be. And Griffin, it's also time to freshen up down there for the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's fantastic. And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. And Manscaped even threw in the Shed Travel Bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. And Griffin, we can't forget about this. Manscaped also wants to go beyond the groin this year. With their new refined cologne, which offers a light yet masculine, pleasing fragrance. It is fantastic, guys. I love it. Yep. Manscaped, ever since they sent me this package, has changed the way I shave. And I'm not kidding at all when I said I thought I was happy with my old razor. The performance package 4.0 has just made me feel a lot better. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code AVSITIS at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code AVSITIS. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Again, this loss, I would, I don't think I would even care if we lost to Boston earlier. Like this game would just be at whatever, 82 game season, weird shit happens. It's just losing the home streak to Arizona in a shootout. Like that just, now that hangs over it forever. That's your worst nightmare. Like that, it, it hangs over it. Like, like, oh, remember that crazy home streak we were on? Yeah, oh, man, I can't believe it ended to the Coyotes. <laughs> like, it's just, it's annoying. It's annoying. And it's gonna probably, it's gonna bother me for a long time. It has no implications for the playoffs. I saw, some, I saw some people being like, "This team has no killer instinct. This is a bad omen for the playoffs." Guys, please shut the fuck up. I'm begging you. That has nothing to do with anything. The playoffs are not until May, and playing games against Arizona is not going to determine if we win the cup or not. No, it's not going to determine it. And if the Avs continue to play this well on home ice, 
if they have home ice advantage, you can lose all three on the road. And if you just went at home, you're good. Yeah. Like, I like, I like the abs at home. Like it's going to be tough to, I mean, Vegas is the only one that did it last playoff and they just yeah. won. The like even, even then in the playoffs, like I even saw some people pointing out like with the home streak, I'll wait till the place we were four and one. And the one loss was in overtime. Like we're still good on home ice in the playoffs as well. Even if you go back to 2018 and 19, like we, we went, we won that crazy game three against Nashville. We won every game against Calgary and we lost one game to the sharks at home. We have a very good home record in the playoffs. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about with like, there's no such thing as a curse for the avalanche. We are a very good team that has gotten some very bad breaks in the playoffs recently. We're going to be just fine. There is no, there's no playoff implication or anything long-term coming from this game. My frustration is focused 100% on losing that home streak in that manner. That's it. I'm not, I have no less faith in this team for the playoffs. I will start to draw some conclusions after February because you're playing Tampa, Dallas, Vegas, Boston, true, genuine, good teams. Even Dallas is on the fringes of that conversation, but for us, it's important. It depends what Dallas team you get. Well, we're playing them twice, so it might be both. We're probably playing. It could be be both. We'll we'll be playing Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. You you were talking about the playoffs. We're, We're halfway through the year. Or halfway through the year, you found a website that's pretty much predicting the percentages that we uh, of what team we face in the playoffs. Yeah, that just let's go I over was, it real quick. I was scrolling, I found some stuff. The All Star break, I think, is really the first opportunity to look at playoff matchups. I think there's like a timeline. Thanksgiving is teams that are probably going to make it. Christmas is like okay, these teams are almost definitely going to make it, and the All Star break is when you're like okay. Now things are shaping up. You have almost enough sample size. You see who's probably going to finish first and then the top three. And you can start to weed out some playoff matchups. So uh, one of my favorite sites from a couple years ago, I'm totally blanking on its name right now, used to tell me what the percentages were for like every team and who they were going to play in the first round and what seed they were going to finish. And I I stumbled across a different one. It's called playoffstatus.com. It's just pretty like simple math and stuff like that. But I find it interesting because it tells me again, first round playoff matchup probabilities for the avalanche. And I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but I do want to have a conversation about what the playoffs could look like in the West, not just for the abs, but for the West as a whole. So starting with the abs playoff status has it at 19% each for the predators, the blues, and the stars. And I got to say, I don't really agree with the predators or the blues. I don't think we're playing them. No, I, I think it's uh, you. I think it's going to be either Anaheim or LA, the Kings, like, unless the abs really fall off in the second half of the season, which they're not, um, they're not, you can pretty they, much they guarantee- play 500 and get what, like 106 points. Yeah. Mike, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like the, you might not win the division, but you have home ice in the first round. I think that wins the division, man. It's going to, if 106 would be very, very close. It's not a guarantee, but you definitely have home ice in the first round. The only team that I can see catching the abs in the standings in the central is Minnesota. Yeah. That's it. That's the only team. And they have to play 700 to even keep pace with us. Yeah. So I'd say it's probably like a 60% chance the abs win the division. I think that may be a little low. I I would go 90. You'd go that high? Absolutely. I think 60, because we know a losing streak is going to happen. It's going to happen, but like how long is it going to be? Two, three games? Like That's true. That'd be, so, it'd be unprecedented for us to yeah. win three games in a row. And for us to not win the division, we would have to be catastrophic at least 500, and Minnesota would have to be incredible to even pass us at that rate. Yeah. So, so I, I feel like 90% might even be low. I'll, get, I'll give 10% for it's the NHL crazy bullshit happens sometimes, but the avalanche are going to win the central. No yeah. doubt. So you're talking that more than like a wins, like Vegas may make a push for the one seed. They may, they got a lot of ground to cover. Even yeah. when they get Eichel back at this point, I totally just lost my tab, but yeah. they have 57 points in 46 games. We have 68 and 44. Yeah. We are, so you got- we're entire 1.5 ahead of them. In, or 0.15 ahead of them in points percentage. They have a lot of ground to make up. So you look at that now too. 
the West looks pretty secure. So, yeah, it, it looks pretty unless the Avs have a catastrophic. It's theirs to lose. It's theirs to lose. It, it and that's how I'd want it. I want the Avs to have the chance. So let's pretend they get the number one seed. I, I don't. I don't think they are uh, L.A. or Anaheim's going to be built to. Uh, built to win one of those top three seeds. I don't. I don't. Calgary I mean, is we're already really talking good. about it. Calgary's nipping on the heels of Anaheim. And they're like they got seven five games, games in hand. behind. Yeah. Yeah. Seven games in hand. I think Calgary, it's going to be Vegas, Calgary, one, two. I think Edmonton will find a way to work its way into number three. I do. Well, maybe not. I take that back. I think Anaheim or LA is going to get third. So I think it's either going to be Edmonton, more than likely the Kings as the eight seed. Edmonton or L.A. there. And I like our matchups a lot better than against the Blues, Preds, or um, Stars. was the last one? Stars. Yeah. The Stars would be poetic justice to beat them in the first round. Like, But until we beat them, I, I don't know if I want that. Like, That scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. That scares me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think we're going to play the Blues or Predators. Uh, we look at the Pacific. We just talked about it. It's not that good. I don't think one of them is going to take a top wild card spot. So the Predators, I think, get the first wild card. The Blues are going to finish top three. I, I really don't see a path to playing them, excuse me, other than if we fall to that second seed, which, again, I just don't see happening. I really I think it's going to be Dallas. I know a couple episodes ago, like a month ago, I said Winnipeg, they stink, they're done, they're out. I think the Stars, they're a, they're a total roller coaster, but there is something there that if they can find consistency, that's a playoff team. They just, I don't think they, they have, they have a lot of ground to make up a lot, a lot. I'm totally tripping on my words. A lot like other teams in the West right now, they have ground to make up but they're still hanging in there as inconsistent as they are. I think they do get that second wild card spot and we do end up playing them in the oh, first round. God, that's, that's going to be either the abs sweep them or that's a seven game series. I don't see an in between there. I, I see six avalanche avalanche win it in six. You got to go hit the road to Dallas and go beat them there. It's what it was my thing with, with last season is that I didn't, I don't want to play the, the coyotes in the first round i don't want an easy first round matchup go out and beat the stars and go carry that momentum of we exercise one demon let's go out and do it again let's go beat minnesota or st louis in the second round get out of that and then most likely go and play vegas you're talking three straight rounds of momentum with no breaks either it completely breaks you or you go and you win a fucking cup yeah i agree it, it, it's it's one of those things where it's just playoff hockey. You never know what's going to happen, man. You just never know. Yeah. But I, I think I agree with you. We had the easy route last year. We saw how that worked out with the sweep in the first round. Um, we were unprepared. Yeah. And then once Vegas actually punched us in the mouth, we kind of folded a little bit. Yeah. So I do agree. It would be fun to face Dallas as much as that terrifies me. It'd be a fun series. Um, Cause that team really is just a sleeping, like if, Ben Sagan and Radulov can figure out how to play hockey. They've got really good top six. Yeah. I mean, Pavelski is obviously really good. Jason Robertson. I know we talk about Devontae as the most underrated player in the league, but he's in that conversation a lot, which I feel like kind of disqualifies him sometimes. It's a yeah. lot like Barkov a couple years ago. I think Jason Robertson is the most underrated player. In he's the good, right man. Now. He's he really good. No appreciation for just how good he is. He was buried behind Kaprizov last year for the Calder. And he really is one of the main reasons Dallas is sticking around at all. He, I think he's incredible and going to be a big piece of that Dallas team for years to come there. Yeah. If they figure out their problems, I don't really see any Pacific teams getting a wild card spot. I think, for LA to make it, like you were saying, they're going to have to beat out Edmonton, which they definitely can do. But I just think the Central just has the better teams, which can kind of bring me to one of my other points. Um, there's a big problem with the playoff format right now. All of the Pacific or the Central teams right now are one through four, and all the Pacific teams are five through eight. That's really, really stupid. So you're potentially going to be having 
a two versus three in the first round. And if it holds, I don't know if it stays this way the entire time, you'd have Vegas and St. Louis in the first round with St. Louis as the four seed and Vegas as the five seed, but Vegas has home ice. Yeah, makes no this sense. Is, this is a disaster waiting to happen, and it's not even the first time. Oh, it's happened all the time, man. It happens all the time. So it, it's we bitched about the playoff format before on the show. It makes no sense. Like you need to reward. Like there's no reward for the regular season. Like I just don't get why we don't go back to one through eight. Yeah, like this I, is the I'm, only league that does this. Yeah, the it, only league. It's really dumb. I mean, the the NFL does it, but I feel like they do it better in a way still because you get you get rewarded for winning your division. If you win the division, you make the playoffs. But in our format, it's like if you win the division, you get a wild card team. But there's the, still the two versus three matchup. So you might have a, a Minnesota, St. Louis, or Nashville as a two versus three, which we see all the time now. Yeah. I mean, like, Vegas, Vegas might be better to finish second in the division. Like they yeah. might be because Maybe, then I mean, you get that's a legitimate strategy. Like it's like with uh, Montreal a couple years ago in 2017. This was a big problem in the Eastern Conference that the Metro was a wagon where you had Washington, Pittsburgh, Columbus, New York, one through four, and Montreal, Ottawa, Boston, Toronto as five through eight. And on the last day of the season, the Habs passed the Rangers for fourth. So it was technically fair, but it was the entire season. It was aiming to be a big problem. And still you had Ottawa and Boston in the first round as a six versus seven and Columbus, Pittsburgh as a two versus three. I've talked about this before. But the path to the Eastern Conference final for the Penguins was playing the third and first seed. And Ottawa had to play the seven and five seed in order to get there. And now we're, it's looking like it's going to be the same thing again. Like compare a potential avalanche path to the cup to, to Vegas, where they have to Vegas. play the eight seed, to be fair. Because they would, if in this theoretical situation, they win the West. Then potentially the second seed before playing the fifth seed as it would be right now in the Western conference final while Makes Vegas sense. has to play fourth and then sixth or seventh. Yeah. It's a dumb, dumb format just for ratings in the first round. It like, makes no sense. The thing is I get what they were going for, but they didn't commit to it. If they're going to do this, then it needs to be one through four in the division. Like it was last year. Because then you have the winners of each division playing each other in the conference finals. That on paper, in theory, makes sense. It's not really fair in terms of teams getting rewarded for the regular season, but it, it makes sense because now you're making each division its own league in a way. Yeah, but, but it was also like, it's hard to look at last year because last year was just such a crazy year. Because you had the top two teams playing in the second round. You had Vegas and Colorado in the second right. round. Right, and that's the problem with it right there, is that you have that situation again. But at the end of the day, you had the winner of the West playing the winner of the North, and the winner of the East playing the winner of the Central. That makes sense. It doesn't really make sense in terms of the best teams playing each other later. But this format is the, the best of neither world. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it makes no sense. I think what they should do is the division winners that you split up the Pacific and Central, they get one two. Whoever yeah. wins the division gets one two. And then after that, it's all who has more points. Right. Because even then, like let's say like right now, the central is way better than the Pacific. Vegas wins the Pacific, they get the two seed. At least they're playing the seventh seed at that point. And they're they not still playing the winning the division. Right. They're not playing a team that should be starting on on at home on home ice. I just, the fact that it even opens the door for something like this, and I get that it's rare, but it shouldn't even be a possibility. It's, I don't think it's that rare, man. I feel like this happens like at least in one division a year. Like, I mean, go, it, it, go to the Eastern Conference, the Metro this year is fucking loaded. And yeah. like that, they're going to have to beat each other out. Like, it's just going to be, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a fun playoffs. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be fun. Like, I think there's really good teams, but it does feel like the abs are kind of getting the shaft for playing in a good division. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not even talking just about the abs, like Minnesota and St. Louis. Like if you're a two, two seed or a three seed in the, the central, you're fucked. 
Like yeah. you're going to be, deal. you're going to be done. One of them is. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know that Minnesota St. Louis would be a fun series of hockey. It would be for sure. That'd be a fun series. I think whoever, whichever team has home ice wins that, wins that round. And Nashville's still sticking around there too. Just, I want to believe in a man, but they just, I mean, they burned me a lot this year. They could just be a good team and I'm just not willing to accept it because I mean, you got players like Ryan Johansson and uh, Matt Duchesne having bounce back years and Philip Forsberg has been great. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I want to buy into the predators, but I know the second I'll buy into them, they'll just fall off. I mean, I, I just keep waiting for them to fall off and they, they just at least keep playing. Okay. I still th- St. Louis and Minnesota are better. Minnesota has six games in hand on them. So that's not even a debate as to who's better. St. Louis and Nashville could be an interesting race. I still think St. Louis is better, but Nashville is definitely an interesting team to, to keep an eye on. So just circling back to potential matchups for the avalanche, I still think it's most likely going to be the stars, but Right now, in terms of points percentage, maybe this is updated since the Oilers just won, but it's the Oilers as of right now. They're the the eighth seed in the the West, according to points percentage. I don't hate that. That'd be a fun matchup. The star power in that It'd series. It'd be fun on paper. Uh, we'd kill them. Yeah. Oh, it, would, it wouldn't even be. That, that's a five game. That's a gentleman's sweep. Yeah, that's a, that's a five gamer right there. The only chance the Oilers have is McDavid Dreisaitl. And we nuclear. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a good nuclear option, but uh, we have a couple of our own, and we have more. Yeah. So even their advantage is our goalie knows how to stop a puck. Right. Even their (laughs) advantage isn't much of an advantage. Like, oh, you have the the best player in the world, and like the fourth or fifth best player in the world. Okay, cool. We have the second best player in the world, and that's not our only player. We have like five other stars. We have the second best player. We have like the best defenseman. Oh, Miko Rantanen's slowly creeping into a top 10 player. Nazem Nazem Kadri's ahead of McDavid right now in points. Yeah. Like that would be, that'd be a fun one on paper. I'd be terrible. Like as an Oilers fan, if you're an Oilers fan, that would, that's like the worst case scenario. If you're an Oilers fan, you're happy to be in the playoffs at that point. Yeah. You're more than likely going to get swept. Yeah. That series would not be close whatsoever. And that's what I'm talking about. Like easy series. You're going against Edmonton. You destroy them in the first round. Okay, cool. But like, what did you gain out of that yeah. at the end of the day? You won a round. Cool. You've done that every year. That's why, that's why, that's why I want to play Dallas. It's a, they're a tough team that gives us a lot of problems. If you beat them, that is a big confidence boost going into the second round. Cause like you have last year again against St. Louis, you win, but it's like, okay, you were supposed to against Dallas. There's questions still. If you beat them, it's like I just said, you're feeling good about yourselves going into a second round matchup against who cares at that point. And then you win the second round. That's two rounds in a row. You're, you're building off of something. I think a lot of that matters, especially if you're going into a matchup against Vegas. Yeah. Without a doubt. I, it, it all paths are leading to Vegas, Colorado again, but Minnesota's a damn good hockey team. Yeah. So I, I, I think mean, that we, I think we beat them in like, I'd see that game. That, that probably goes seven. I see. I see that going seven, just because Minnesota's been just as good on home ice as the Avs. Minnesota's a very hard team to put away. I'm very interested. Like th- these playoffs are going to be so goddamn good this year. These might be the best playoffs we've ever seen. But that's the thing about the playoffs is it's you just you don't know what's going to happen. Like all the conversations we have about them during the regular season, they get thrown in the trash the second game one starts. Like you look at Tampa Bay from a couple years ago, they were pretty much where the abs are right now. If not a little worse, if not a little better, I can't really remember, but they got destroyed by Columbus. They were up three to nothing in the first period. And then Columbus just ran them out of the building every time. Cause Tampa Bay had no confidence after they lost game one. Yeah. And then you had all the wild card teams winning that year. And even last year, you had the, the current worst team in the NHL went to the Stanley cup final last year and none of the division winners made it to the final four. <laughs> kind of like, funny. <laughs> you couldn't last season, you could not get more definitive evidence that those were the number one seats. They all played each other eight times 
and none of them made it to the final four. It's it's how crazy this sport is sometimes. It, it, without a doubt. I mean, we're talking about craziness. The Avs lost to the Coyotes last night. Like, yeah, this, you never know what's gonna happen in this sport. They were, so, I think, where were we? Minus six hundred last night. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. But yeah, I'm excited. This is the first real time I feel like we can look ahead to the playoffs and not feel crazy. Right. Like we're halfway, now, through. we're halfway through the season. You're going into the All Star break. Now is the time that it's not only reasonable; it's kind of necessary to look yeah. at the playoffs and really start to to map out some trajectories onto how it's going to look because we're going to make it. There is. We are not going to miss the playoffs. I would bet my life on it. There is literally no chance we miss the playoffs, even if we are below. We would have to be. We'd have to be Canadians bad. We'd have to be Canadians bad. Even then, like that would still require a lot of teams to pass us. Even if we were Canadians bad, I'm not going to do the math, but like we're 18 points ahead of the second wild card right now. We're nine games ahead. (laughs) Like it'd have to be a truly terrible terrible second half and that's just i agree with you it's it the playoff percentage for the apps has to be like 99.9 yeah like, we're in we're going to make it it's over we're in the playoffs that's not a question even then like we're going to win the central at very least i want to see what vegas does with jack eichel but they still have a lot of ground to make up if they're going to win the west i feel like our main threat practically wise is minnesota but I just they they're just not going to catch us. I don't think so. Minnesota is a good team. They're I'm good. interested to see what they do at the trade deadline because, like we've talked about, Minnesota this is kind of their all in year. Like should have been at least. Yeah, it should have been. But it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. I I don't trust like Minnesota's goalies are significantly worse than the Avs goalies, and I'd say the only thing that Minnesota may have over the Avs is defensemen. And that's close. Mm, like that's I would, that's I would disagree. That, I think that's the closest thing they are to us is defensemen. You know, what I mean, like their forward group doesn't even come close to our forward group. I'd say in terms of bottom six, they might be closer to us than that. That's Defense, true. Defensemen, I mean, there's no one even close to Kale McCarr or even really oh. Devon, or even Devontae's for that matter. Yeah, I mean, you got Devon Taves, who is significant. I mean, another big thing is what's going on with Bowen Byron? Like, if he comes back and can be anything like Bowen Byron, I, I don't know if anything can stop this Avs team if Bo Byron's back and he plays like Bo Byron from earlier in the year. Yeah. I, I really mean, like, don't. As much as we were disappointed earlier in the episode with a loss, we still got a point out of this game playing 40% against an NHL team. I mean, we're going to have a lot of questions answered in the next month playing some real teams. It feels like for the yeah. first time in a while, cause we played good teams in January, but it was like weeks apart. So yeah. it's going to be fun. I, I really hope God, I just want Bo Byron back healthy, man. I just, this team, if they have him is like that top four is <laughs> find me a better top four defenseman group. In, one. There is it. It's not even close. Because Bo Byram was playing when Devon Davis was out, like Devon Davis. <laughs> like we we forget how good Bo Byram was when he was healthy, because he was playing on this team when we were bad early in the season. Yeah. Actually bad, we were five hundred. But like, there were remember that game against Columbus, our last home loss, oh. dragged to overtime. And just how fucking good he was. He was. He, he was had, so I think, one of the best performances of anybody this entire season. Yeah, that game was that game was awesome. I, I just, Bo, just get healthy, man. I, I mean, I'd love to have him back this year. I I really don't think he's going to, no, unless something drastic happens. I I don't foresee him playing this year. I don't like. It's just head injuries, man. You never know. Like he came back for what was it like three games, and then he was like, "Yeah, I can't do this." Yeah, like I just I can't. So like, the, I, the symptoms just keep coming back. Yeah. So rest up, Bo. We miss you. You're such a fucking good hockey player. I just want you to be able to live a good life. But, man, you would be so good on this team. So I'm kind of taking his news as no news is good news with Bo. Yeah. That's where I'm at with Bo. Like, 
they've had like i think it was bednar said yesterday on his radio show like um no updates on below i'm like good that's good i'm okay with that as long as he's not getting worse right so, i hate going a, a bo byram sad train but it, it i was just thinking about him and i miss him yeah and i agree no news is good news with bo because that just means he's slowly getting better so rest up bo we miss you and i want to wear your i want to wear your jersey to a game so that one, I will save that jersey to wear to a game until Bo plays. I'll make I that. Call. I think it's a good call. And it will happen. He's going to be back. So, yeah, man, we, we, we're this is a start, man. We've got a week, a week without Avs hockey. I don't know how I'm going to like fully live. Um, yeah, I think I think we're all like the Avs right now, where we just we need a break for a second before we hop right into the the madness that's going to be the run to the playoffs this season starting with Tampa, then Dallas, then Dallas, then Vegas, and then small break against Buffalo. But then we're talking Boston, and then we're talking Winnipeg and Vegas again. Like It's, it's going to be a, a crazy run. We still haven't played the Penguins. We still haven't played the Oilers. We still haven't played the Flames. We got, yeah, we got a lot of hockey left to go here. And this is, I think this is – I still think we're in for one hell of a season. Yeah, it's gonna be a blast, man. I cannot wait. Just talking about the playoffs just gets me jazzed. I know. Like I I love the playoffs like more than anything. Like they they it keeps it keeps my heart going in January and February and the, the doldrums of the season. The playoffs just get me more excited than anything else. I'm gonna be a, a totally different animal when the playoffs I'm gonna be an emotional season. wreck. Like the if there's one thing I learned last night, it's that I'm not ready yet. Because nope. I was I was upset. Are you lost. ever ready for the playoffs, though, man? No. Like I always tell myself, like I'm gonna be ready this time. I'm never ready for. No, the you're never ready. You're never ever ready for the playoffs. I mean, I was mad last night. Like I was actually upset that we lost, and I was thinking to myself, like, imagine how I'm gonna be if we lose a game in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm gonna, it's gonna come bad. on here, and it's gonna be horrible. <laughs> we're, we're gonna sound like those fans, like this team sucks, blow it up. <laughs> we're gonna sound like those fans. Oh, Matt, like if we if we get a bad call in the playoffs, if you think I'm bad now, oh boy, you guys are going to be in for a treat. If we're if there's like a phantom trip call in a game that we lose, buckle up. I am I am I am inconsolable when those things happen in the playoffs. We're going to have fun, man. I can't wait for it. I can't wait. We're getting closer and closer each day. God, I just want to win so bad. I want to be I want to go to Colorado. Once my semester's done, which is like mid-May, in like the second round, I want to go for the final. That'd be all, so awesome. Oh, bro! If if they make it to the final, I'll have tickets. If you fly out here, you can come with me to a game. Deal. We'll make that deal. Plus, like I I just need someone who's going to be just as much an emotional wreck with me as yeah. as I am. And you got to get to the can for a playoff game. They're they're unreal. The pom poms going. I I keep all my pom poms from all the games. So. It's unreal. It's unbeatable. So, yeah, let's let's endure these nine days without abs or eight days now without abs hockey. Yeah, this is um, day one, day, day one, one of nine. So day one of nine. I got faith. I can make it. So I mean, I know it's going to be a long break, but my advice for everybody is to en- enjoy it because you're not going to have another one of these until this season is done. Done. Not the end of the regular season. But the end of the season, whether that is lifting the Stanley Cup or the most baffling playoff loss you've ever seen, this is the last deep breath we're going to have. So enjoy it. Don't think about the abs for nine days. That's our job. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you guys some abs thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And we got trade deadline coming up soon, too. It's going to be oh, – we got, we got to enjoy these couple days off. We got to enjoy them. I'm going to enjoy It is going to be a lot. So – We'll leave you guys with that for now. That's going to do it for this edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is, where we'll be doing some more giveaways once the season starts back up in a week or so. But hope to see you guys there and hope to see you guys next time enjoy the rest of your week and thank you for sticking with us with our exhausted ramblings if you stuck around this long (laughs) appreciate it so 
catch you guys next time where we have no games to talk about and Christian and I are going to have to work on something in the meantime. So catch All-star you guys. game. All-star game. We will catch you guys later. Later.